You're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. Okay, I'm the coolest. I am Pastor Floyd Hughes from Crossroads Community Church in Jefferson Hills, and with me, as always, is Pastor Mark Berkshire with Meadow Run Community Church in Ohio Powell, Pennsylvania. And uh, we have an interesting topic today, but I wanted to touch on the usual things we touch on, such as what we're preaching on, but I also wanted to talk a little bit about Ash Wednesday and Lent. So before we get to what we're preaching on, and uh, since this is an audio podcast, you can't see either Mark or myself, neither one of us have ashes on our forehead, not to hate anyone that goes out and does that, but here's my thing. If you do, if you're going out to get ashes on your forehead and you're going to be fasting from this season of Lent, uh, just remember what the fast is about. If you're giving up something and you're not spending the time with God, don't waste your time giving it up. Uh, and, and actually, the Bible talks about that very strongly. It talks about if, um, you know, if you fast or you, you draw attention to something to get closer to God, then you better get closer to God because... Otherwise, you're just doing it for selfish reasons and for pious stance. You're just doing it because it's a ritual, because it's something you do every year, instead of, hey, this got meaning to it. Exactly. I mean, and nothing, not, not to hate on all the fish fries. Right. If you're going to give up burgers and steaks... Do it for a reason. Spend that time with God. Just replacing it with fish. God's not like, yay, they stop. they're not eating a burger. Now they're eating fish. That that doesn't like bring you any closer to God. That's not the whole point. And again, I'm not trying to hate on or ridicule or demean anyone that does any of those practices. Uh, our point is just don't do those practices if you're not going to spend time with God. That's the whole reason for the season of Lent. Right, right. And, and and that's, this is an important time for each individual believer, each individual Christ follower to, to examine our lives, to take a close look, to see where we are, and to do as Paul said, to search us, oh God, and see what needs to change in me. It's that time where we can reflect. Uh, but before we move on to that, because that brings us to our topic today. But before we get on to that, what are you preaching on on Sunday? I am preaching on 1 Peter chapter 2, probably the first 10 verses, um, or maybe first 12 verses. Um, are you a rock or are you a pebble? And uh, so that's the tease. <laughs> okay. And I'm, I'm preaching on, uh, we're continuing in Mark. We're going to be in Mark chapter nine, uh, where Jesus spends time equipping his disciples. And we're going to be focusing on the things that he focused on and the things that are kind of 
crucial to discipleship, uh, his teaching to the disciples of substitutionary atonement, uh, his encouraging them to spend time uh, with one another and unity, and his focus on uh, them needing to spend time in prayer, which is, I mean, if you're going to disciple someone, uh, make sure they understand the whole thing of, of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and what makes them a Christian, and that they're spending time with God. And I think this is the most important part where the church misses it. We don't spend enough time together. We get so focused on denominationalism, we miss that whole aspect of unity that Christ calls us to. Uh, however, you know, you get in the book of Acts, and that's these are the first things they did. They spent time together like mm -hmm. daily, nightly afternoons, not just Sundays, all day, all week, just hanging out with one another, praying with one another. And focusing on the word of God. And we've decided once a week is enough and uh, we'll call it good. And I don't even have to read my Bible. I'll just listen to the verses that the pastor preaches. So, yeah. Which brings us to our topic. Uh, so we're talking about, and I believe there, we were just talking about the fact that they are um, winding down the services in Asbury, Kentucky. Uh, but we're talking about that whole uh, thing that started on Wednesday the 8th, and if you're not familiar with it, go Google it. Uh, they had a chapel service at the university, and I forget which it's uh, It's Asbury University in Wilmore, Kentucky. Okay, yeah. And at the after the chapel service, um, I guess people came to the altars and repentance and prayer, and that went on for what, 10, 11 days? It just kept going. Uh, oh, they're just finishing it today, so that's more than 10 days. Yeah, more than <laughs> 10 days. So two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks of of, of them uh, at the recording on the 22nd when we're recording this. So, um, and everyone has had a different take on it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you take the, 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 the lead on this because... I'm still a little hostile <laughs> over the and, way to And I am too. I mean, when I first heard about it, to be honest with you, I had my doubts, you know, because worship music can get you all excited, get you all fired up, get your, your emotions rolling. And I thought, you know, knowing this, this college, knowing this uh, denomination that this seminary and college is out of um it's it's one i grew up in uh we are very emotional driven people um i thought well we'll see but the more i read about it the more i heard about it i've had several people that i know that have been there to the to the services um and I am just in awe of what God is doing there, not only there, but throughout Free Methodist Church across the country. Um, I've had pastor friends of mine who, who are Free Methodist pastors who I've been in touch with that said, I didn't even get to preach Sunday. We just had a time of prayer and time of of um, rededication to the Lord and families were 
brought together that have been fighting for years and reconciliation and, and, and things. And that's what that was all about. That's what this was. I think, Floyd, you know more about the sermon that was preached because I, I haven't heard the sermon that was preached. The only thing I did hear is that the man who preached that sermon called his wife right after chapel and said, yeah, this was another another bomb. I didn't do very well on this chapel either. And the Lord just took that and ran with it. So... Yeah, I, I did. And the only reason I went to go look at the sermon is because I had conversations with people online. Uh, like you, I was very skeptical. And there were people who were skeptical. And, you know, that that's fine because God tells us, tells us to use discernment. Many people did go there and they walked away saying, I don't know if this is a revival, but people are hungry for God. They're, they're coming to the altar in repentance and prayer. They're worshiping God. It's a good thing. Yeah, it's a good thing. Other people, and this is why we're, we're, you know, I know I'm nobody, but it makes me a little bit hot. Other people were looking at it and they were, um, instead of doing that, they were making the determination, this is not a revival. They were criticizing it and chipping away at it because it didn't meet their definition of revival. Uh, and the main thing was a revival, their thing was a revival can only be when you, the word is preached and, and people are called to repent. And I'm, go ahead, go ahead. That is a definition of revival. But revival is not for an unsaved person. Revival is not for the unbelievers non-believers revival is for believer exactly and if you like do again read right revive revive us again the bible says yeah and you know david said so revival is not if you want to bring someone who's unsaved to a revival and they get saved god's it's god's doing okay the main purpose of a revival is to revive us and to do that and that's why i always say lord send a revival but let it begin with me not with anyone else let it begin with me send me the revival and that is something we need to be praying and we should be praying every day as a christ follower yeah and i guess my my thing is that uh, people complained that his message didn't have repentance in it. And I, I went and listened to his message. Uh, it, uh, I, I think it was a good message. He was in a series, just like you're teaching through, you know, first Peter, I'm teaching through Mark. He was teaching through Romans. He took, I, I believe it was Romans three. I can't remember a couple of verses he was going over, but his message was about not being fake in the way that we love others, that we are called to love unconditionally. And that we can never truly do that if we have not experienced the love of Jesus Christ. Right. And I'm like, what is wrong with that? And if people come up and respond to that and be like, oh, I want to experience that love, or I have been hypocritical and not loving that way. I want to repent of my sins and God help me to love people the way that you do. 
what is wrong with that? I, there was nothing, and here's my problem. People were saying his message wasn't biblical. There was nothing unbiblical that he said. Yeah. There was nothing that violates scripture. It, it, it just didn't meet the criteria that people said. And I had a discussion with a guy. I know I'm rambling on and I'm trying to calm down because I was like, this, this doesn't meet your definition of revival. And I took him to Acts chapter 2. And verse 47, where uh, 46, it says, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. This is what they did. And the result was the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. They didn't have sermons on repentance. They didn't have the fire and brimstone. They got together. They fellowshiped together. They worshiped God together. And people saw that and said, I want to be a part of that. And I'm like, according to you, you would hate on these people because there isn't a fire and brimstone pastor in each of those houses saying, you know, you must repent of your sins. Otherwise, this is not a move of God. And he never responded back to me. He was like, well, can I just message you privately? I'm like, sure. I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this because this is yeah. this is this is the way God moves. We have to stop limiting God to what we expect based on our history and 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 our scenarios and and our this that and the other and instead be like hey God you know what you do whatever you want to do in the hearts of your people and show me how I can help that's it and what I find fascinating about this whole movement that's going on in Asbury this is a movement of young people this isn't and uh, this isn't a movement of one man, one place, one one denomination. This is young people from all over the country that came to this university, and is Generation Z. I think they're calling it now. But that's the, the church. That's the new church. Yeah. That's that's and and it is exciting to see that. You know, we've been we've been preaching and complaining and hollering that the church is dead for so long that when we see a little bit of life, we get scared. Yes, and we criticize it and we ridicule it because yeah. it doesn't look like what we're used to. And and the worship songs, I've I've watched a couple live streams of a couple of the services. The worship service that they're using, the worship songs are old. 1970 1980 worship songs blended in with newer songs but they weren't anything special yeah it was just the holy spirit moving and i mean during the live stream one of the live streams i watched the the they were in a season of prayer and you could just hear breaking out all over the auditorium. When peace like a river attendeth my way. I'm like, wow. <laughs> you know, it just started. Nobody was leading it. There was no music. There was nothing going on. People just started singing it. And one person I talked to, a friend of mine, her and her husband live close to Wilmore. They live in Kentucky, but they live close to Wilmore. And they drove up last Saturday, I think it was, or maybe Sunday for, for this 
see it for themselves. She's a pastor's daughter. Her husband is a pastor, so she's also a pastor's wife. But anyways, I I posted the, something on my Facebook page, and she she came back and she said we were there, and she said we were out in the rain, cold rain, standing for an hour and a half, and all of a sudden these youth group two youth groups came up from different areas uh, of the country just to see this, and they were outside in this long line. And they just started start singing praise music, standing in line. And she said, you could feel the spirit of the Lord moving. She said, I get just talking about it. Yeah. And, and I, I, oh, go ahead, go ahead. That's I'm, real. That, that is real. It's not a hype. It's not, em, it's not emotional. That is genuine. And I, I don't understand, because some of the people criticize the music, and I, 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 from what I understood, they were turning away the professional preachers and musicians. Right. They were like, hey, can we come be a part? And they were like, no, you're welcome to worship like everybody else, but we're not going to let anyone hijack what God is doing. Uh, right. This is to turn us into some professional thing or whatever thing. It's going to stay a God thing. And I, I, again, we, like you said, we cry out, God, this nation needs you. And when he shows up, this nation, criticize and rejects him and i and I, I, I just don't understand why discernment 100 let's go check it out see if it's real i was on the podcast i forget the guy zachary uh his name christian assassin invited me to be on his podcast uh to talk about evangelism and i said okay just so you know i'm gonna go hard on evangelism it's the only reason we're here and of course this topic came up and you know i was like hey here, here are my thoughts. We should exercise discernment. Everyone that I've seen that is truly exercised discernment has said, hey, it, it's great. I went there. I felt the spirit moving there. But you could also have this in your church, in your community. Yeah. There's nothing that's being done there that God couldn't do in your community, right? Yeah. And the only people that are hating on it, and they're using this criteria, it wasn't done the way I think it should be done. The music that's played is not the music I think should be played. Right. I could care less what you think. What I care about is what God thinks. And God apparently thought, hey, this is a place where I'm going to pour out my spirit. And yeah. people, I mean, like you said, from all over the nation <coughs> came to experience it. Back in 1970, a very similar thing happened at this very school then where they had revival break out in the midst of a chapel service. Um, and, and for people hating, for those who are hating on this and those who are being the doubting Thomases and all of this, remember what the Bible says about the people who Stand up and pray in public, wanting the attention brought on themselves instead of standing and saying, Oh Lord, I'm a sinner in need of a savior. Yeah. The taxmen and the, the, the Pharisees in, in, uh, in Matthew, you know, 
to me, this is this is the when you look at the Beatitudes, what is what is the fourth Beatitude? I think it is. <clears throat> we blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness sake. We are hungering and thirsting, but are we hungering and thirsting for the right thing? Are we hungering and thirsting for righteousness or are we hungering and thirsting to build church? And I I think you hit a key point when you uh, said before that this is whatever, Generation Z or whatever, uh, a new generation, because that's mainly a lot of the generation that has walked away from the traditional church today and they walked away for the reasons and they, i mean it was all validated because those were mostly the people the folks who call themselves the traditional church criticizing and hating on nothing being done unbiblical nothing being preached unbiblical nothing being done that violates you know god or his word but it wasn't done the way they wanted. So they hated on it, criticized it, judged it, ridiculed it. And people like that. And do you wonder why people are walking away from the churches in droves because of attitudes like that? Um, yeah. And no wonder people cannot go there and truly experience God there because they're like, it's, if it's not this way, if it's not done the way I want, if it's not preached the way I want, then, then, you know, it's not going to happen. And it didn't happen. And someone, you know, I, everyone who hated on it, and this was foul, you know, God keep working on me, but everyone who hated on it, I was like, well, that's why it's not happening at your church. Yeah. Because you're standing here hating on it. And we need to be careful also though. um, Yes. God can use that and be in any church. We're really seeking it for the right reason don't seek revival in your church if you just want to see people come into your church exactly which is which is what i love about this because i mean when i went and listened to the message there was no hey bring your friends bring your neighbors let's try to get people it was just a call to you know what you cannot experience the love or you cannot love people the way that God wants them to be loved. If you have not experienced the love of God. Exactly. Uh, You can't say that we love people unconditionally. We're hypocrites if we're saying that, but we haven't experienced God's unconditional love and grace. And he, I forget. I mean, that's the main thing that stuck out for me. And apparently, you know, no one responded immediately, but eventually, like you said, Minutes later, there's 100 people at the altar. People did respond because they want that love. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because my sermon this past Sunday was uh, entitled, How Should We Live? And it was all about obedience. And are we, are we being obedient to God or are we being ritual ritualistic i can't say that word right but ritualistic and just coming to church because everybody else our family has always come to church so we're just instead of being obedient we're just doing what our family has taught us to do there's a difference and when revival hits 
was hard. We turn to that obedience and we understand that there's obedience means there's a relationship between you and God. And, and with that relationship comes, comes uh, consequences to that relationship, meaning how we live. You know, it's different. And then there's obedience because there's a cost being obedient. You know, my the thing I wonder now is like all the people that came from other places to go there and worship and experience God. Many of them, I'm guesstimating, I don't know, I haven't talked to them, probably have home congregations. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering how many of them were actually at their home congregation, either not attending or were just attending, like you said, out of obedience i come there i sit you know i i i send the kids to 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 you know children's church uh i turn the pages in the bible i leave and when i get home i could not tell you what the heart of the message was or what yes. god said to me because i wasn't fully present i was just there out of obedience like the person who's you know driving home from work thing they've done for years and then they kind of zone out at a stoplight and then when they realize oh i'm home I don't even paying attention. I just made all yeah. the turns and stopped in places and whatever because I wasn't fully present because I've just done this on repeat for so long that I wasn't fully there and fully present. And, yeah. and again, I blame the pulpit because if we're not creating places where an opportunities for people to experience God, that's on us. That that that's yeah. that's what we're. Uh, um, that's on us. I, I feel like yeah. we can do more to create opportunities for people to experience God um, in our and, home country. Yeah. And, and there, you know, I can't stress it enough. There's a big difference between revival or an awakening and a crusade. Mm. You know, a crusade is an evangelistic outreach. You're doing the crusade to bring non-church people in that's what a crusade is yeah so like the billy graham holding an event in your community at a stadium bring your unchurched friends right that, yeah and that's an evangelistic outreach that's being an evangelist yeah um a revival is a personal one-on-one -on -one with you and god thing and yes you do have a speaker usually that comes in and does the revival and has a theme for the revival but that's not really true revival true revival starts in our hearts yeah. each individual heart so the naysayers just need to be nay yeah <laughs> i will say the other thing that kind of it didn't frustrate me, but I could I could see is then all of a sudden, and these were some of these were probably happening before, but all of a sudden over the last two weeks, so many congregations decided to have revival nights. Yeah. Like, oh, we're gonna and I can kind of see that you're trying to capitalize on it, but I'm like, is that yeah. genuine and is that real? Yeah. Uh, because I think the unchurched person is going to look at that. And I feel bad for 
all the non-Christians that had to look and see Christians arguing about whether or not God showed up. Right. I'm, if I'm a non-Christian, I'm like, if you guys don't even know whether or not God shows up, how am I supposed to believe he's even real? Yeah. But, and, and you know what, what else just kind of frustrated me? Back in January, when the football player collapsed on the football field. Yeah. Everybody was praising how people were praying and people were gathering. You know, you had millionaires on the field that were praying for God that he would touch this guy. Here you have college students that probably don't have two nickels to rub together. Mm -hmm. Really having a move of God. And we're saying it's not real. I'm not saying what happened on that Monday night football game wasn't real. That's not what I'm saying at all. But if you can't look at this, you can't see the reality of what God is doing. Then I think you need to examine your heart and you need to say, God, show me. All right. I think we've, uh, kind of beat this to death <laughs> yeah and 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 but i i just i just i think you you hit it best how how can people respond when they see something and they want to determine is it a move of god um i know step one pray you know uh, uh step two uh use discernment weigh it against not what your pastor says but what the word of god says which is what you know a lot of people did look for uh, and they walked away and, and, you know, some people said, hey, this this feels like a genuine move of God. Uh, other people walked away and said that I'm not sure. But continue to pray about it. Uh, and I, I think that's the genuine thing. If you're not sure, then don't go. But also don't hate on it. Uh, just right. continue to pray about it. Let God guide you in, in uh, whether or not you should go. Uh, but. Um, anything else that people can do when they see something like this happen and they want to, you know, is this genuine or, or. No, I think you, you, you summed it up good. Folks, we need to stop putting our Bibles on the shelf Sunday afternoon and picking them up on Sunday morning the next week. We need to get into the word of God every day. And we need to just let God speak to us. Um, it is so frustrating as as a pastor. I, I know Floyd's probably seen these TikTok videos. This guy goes into Walmart or somewhere and he says, I'll give you $20 if you can tell me one Bible verse. Yeah. And no one can tell him a Bible verse. It's sad. It's sad. I mean, we need to we need to give back. If if we want this country to get back to God, then we personally have to get back to God. And I think if again, I blame the pulpit because I think if pastors were actually reading their Bibles instead of just the only time they pick it up is to prepare for a sermon, then they would know that there is no place in the Bible that says, here are the requirements for a revival. There's, 
lots of things in the Bible where God says, hey, here are the requirements for this, here are the requirements for that. No place in the Bible where God says, here are the requirements for revival. There are examples of when revival took place. Mm -hmm. We can't compare, you know, I've heard people say, well, Nehemiah, they, they read, they stood and they read the scriptures all the way through. And I was like, so no revival in American history is valid because they did not start and read the entire Old Testament all the way through. If yeah. that's your example, uh, obviously, God's not saying that's how you do it. That's a description of what took place. It's not a prescription of this is the only way it can take place. Um, God can use. If you're going on that, if you're going on that, and you're saying revival can only come on the first eight or nine chapters of, or books of the Bible, they can't yeah. come on anything else. Yeah, absolutely, and I think the the whole point in the Bible when revival happens is God takes those people at that time and uses their circumstances to bring them to Him. So. Uh, you know, a whole group of, you know, whatever generation it was of students who are coming and acknowledging, I want to experience the unconditional love of God, or I need to be able to love others the way God has, or I'm repenting because I haven't loved others the way God has called me to as a Christian. No one on the planet, if they read their Bible, should be able to say, well, that's not something that's in God's words. That's the whole the whole message of the gospel is that we receive God's love and we love others the way that he has loved us. So uh, exactly. Yeah, I think we're going to move off from that and we're going to uh close out with this. I want to ask uh so Lent is coming up. Uh Lent is that season of of leading up to the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ or the day that we celebrate the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ or we celebrate the resurrection. But um in that season of people preparing their hearts, and a lot of people will fast from certain things. So uh, I generally, generally don't fast from anything because I feel like I understand the, the the purpose of Lent, but I feel like we as the church, this is something we should be doing every day, all year long anyway. But are you fasting from anything for Lent? No. No. <laughs> Short answer. No. Um I never, we never celebrated Lent that way growing up or even as an adult. I've never done that. Um, I'm like you. I, I think there are times that we need to fast and pray. And it's very important to fast and pray. We don't understand what fasting is. And maybe we need to do a podcast on fasting one of these days. Um, but um, if we're, me, if we're just fasting to give something up, you said it best at the beginning of this whole podcast. If we're just fasting to give something up because it's tradition, then we are not doing it biblically. Yeah, we need to we need to do it publicly. So, um, like like you said earlier, I'm not I'm not bad mouthing anybody that does. I'm not saying anything bad about that. I'm just saying for me, 
I would rather have a fast with a purpose than a fast for tradition. Yeah. Um, I mean, I agree wholeheartedly. I think, and we probably could do this, do the next episode on fasting because there are people who will probably still be fasting. I, I, I don't, I'm, I, I don't want to be disrespectful, but I, I sometimes I cringe when I see all the people that say, I'm going to be fasting from Facebook for, you know, the season to let. And I'm like, I don't think you fully understand what fasting yeah. means. Uh, but um, I and think I there are people that will say, I'm a diabetic and I can't fast. That's not true. I'm a diabetic and I fast. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe we could do we could do that. Do the next episode on fasting, and then we still have on the back burner, like going back to basics. What is salvation? Yeah. We're still going to do that, uh, but definitely because we're in the season of Lent, maybe do the next episode on fasting. But I will say this shameless plug: if you're someone who's struggling in your faith, you do not have to wait for revival. Mark and I put together a book. I'm holding it up, but none of them can see it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Faith Responders presents 21 Days of Spiritual Renewal. You can get it on Amazon. Um, I forget how much it is, like $7.99. Yeah. I think it's $7.99. Uh, the ebook is even cheaper, like $2 or $3.99. Um, and it's designed to, uh, for 21 days, help you strengthen and renew your faith, uh, get you back to a point of where you're kind of walking again in God and digging into his word. And it's not like 20 minutes a day. I mean, one to three minutes a day, spending time digging into God's word and in prayer. Um, and in 21 days, the time it takes to form a habit, uh, you'll be spending time with God intentionally. You have You will have created this opportunity where you're looking forward to intentionally spending time with God. It's called 21 Days of spiritual renewal it's available on amazon and if you cannot afford it and you want a copy message us and we will arrange to get a copy to you uh because yes. it's never about the money it's about equipping god's people to do god's work and one of the most important things aspects of that is that we spend time with him yeah yeah all right so uh I, i'm gonna ask mark to pray for us and then we will be done with this episode father once again thank you for the opportunity to sit here in front of this microphone and proclaim your glory because that's what this is all about it's not about uh floyd it's not about me it's about you and it's about proclaiming who you are and what you have done for us mm -hmm. so lord we just ask that you would just um send revival to us not not um commercialized revival but send a real renewing of our spirit to you with your spirit and help us to walk daily with you by the spirit and um that's how revival works and we just ask that you would give us a true sense of that. And Lord, we just ask now that you be with us as we sign off here. May you send your blessings to 
those who listen. And Lord, we just ask that you would just help us remember that we need you and that you need our praise. In Jesus' name, amen.